All right, welcome to the Thursday show, everybody. This is Fantasy Baseball Today, and you can send us your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, and we will try to read them. We've got some trade talk today. One buy low, one sell high, one buy high, and one player that we're actually worried about. Maybe that'll be a fairly regular Thursday segment. I am Adam Azer. Here is Heath Cummings. Hello, Heath. What's going on, Adam? Oh, you're kind of lounging in your chair over there. You, you missed the cue to talk. No, I didn't. I don't think I missed the cue. It was a comfortable pause. I was fashionably late, and I, I am, I'm just in a relaxed kind of mood, you know. Well, been when when one of your chilling. sleepers, Jose Barrios, is uh, is acing, acing out there, you should be relaxed. You should be kicking your feet up and and enjoying it. And uh, we have Scott White in the house today. Scott White. Hey, Adam. There he is. Yeah. All right. It's, so this the last couple podcasts. Yeah, missed you. What the hell? Almost, almost missed this one. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but he's here. All right, let's start with some buy or sell. We'll talk about uh, some bullpen stuff. We'll talk about Kenley Jansen, some more on him. Freddie Freeman, uh, if you need some replacements. We don't know what the deal is there, but he left after being hit by a pitch. Actually, a lot of injuries. Going to ask for a prospects report. And really, there are a lot of infielders who have just been amazing so far. Dansby Swanson, Jed Lowry, Hervis Solarte. Uh, Yoan Moncada's heating up, so we'll talk about those guys. Let's start with buy or sell. Buy or sell, Rick Porcello is back, baby. I'm buying that Rick Porcello is back. Talked about baby. this after his last start, but obviously with every good start he puts together, it becomes only more convincing. Uh, basically, he didn't have his two-seamer last year. He talked about it in spring training, talked about how it felt like it was back again, and the usage... Not to mention the results. The usage seems to confirm that's true. He's back to featuring it as prominently as he did during his Cy Young season. And it's going quite well for him. I think he's back. I will buy this as much as I ever bought Rick Porcello's first run like this. So I, could he continue it for an entire year? Not at this level. But, yeah, he could be a low threes ERA guy. I don't expect he'll win 22 games again. I doubt he gets to 223 innings again. But... He is back in the sense that he's doing the things that he contro- can control. Right. And so far, uh, the Babip gods have shined well on him as well. Got a 140 ERA, one walk, 23 strikeouts, and 25 and two-thirds. Porcello, eight scoreless at the Angels. Very good lineup yesterday. And two starts ago with seven scoreless against the Yankees. So, you know, the first two starts were against the Rays. It was easy to be skeptical, but... Yankees and Angels and 15 scoreless innings with 12 strikeouts in those starts. Uh, buy or sell, J-Hap's incredible K-rate makes him a groovy buy-low candidate, baby. <laughs> it's it's a lot of Ks. I'm not really sure. I haven't gotten to the bottom of what, what he's doing differently, if anything. Um, but I felt like I felt like he was kind of underrated to begin with. Obviously, if he keeps up this K rate, it's going to be super underrated. I'm just, I'm not there yet with it. No okay. thanks. J Hap, no, he's not interested. So J Hap right now has a 450 ERA, but seven walks, 31 strikeouts, and the 450 ERA is, I guess, why I would say buy low, and the fact that people, some people just don't believe in J Hap, uh, like Heath apparently. Well, so, yeah. J Hap has had three. I guess you would say good starts in a row for strikeouts against the White Sox, the Orioles, and the Royals. And there was a time early in the year when we said, you know, this Royals team isn't really striking out very much. It's not really quite as true anymore. And they do still have, like, they're the worst team in baseball right now. They are, and the, the Orioles and the White Sox strike out the most in baseball. Um, but, you know, Hap had a 318 ERA two years ago, 353 last year. All right, whatever. I think we, we've exhausted that. Porcello or Hap, rest of season? Porcello. Porcello. Okay. Hap or Hap or Huh. Uh Lucchese. 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 Alright. Buy or sell, the Milwaukee bullpen is the most annoying thing since now I couldn't come up with anything that was really annoying. You could have just phrased this statement differently. But like, Literally, well. Scott, one of the reasons that we had not fully started before you got here is because we spent about 10 minutes trying to come up with what it should be the most annoying thing since. <laughs> it's true. Ah, uh, since Scott White strolled in 15 minutes late to that podcast. But that, 
that was just yesterday. <laughs> no, I wasn't here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't here yesterday. Um, no. Okay, sorry. As annoying as the Chris Towers solo. Well, yeah, I we shouldn't uh, do a Chris so thing. Like, I, we could have done Yeah, that's thing. good. Let's not. I, I, went, I, I went to BuzzFeed to find annoying things, and I found an article from February 18, 2016. 23 annoying things that will happen for the rest of your life. So the Milwaukee bullpen is the most annoying thing since your scarf getting caught in your zipper. Oh, right? <laughs> so annoying. No your, milk after you... My scarf you, goes on my shoulders. Yeah. I, I've never worn a scarf. Yeah, I've worn them like once. Once. Uh, no milk after you pour a bowl of cereal. <laughs> Terrible. That is annoying. I, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. You're out of Nutella when you really, really need Nutella. Uh, Nutella's gross. <laughs> Whatever. Um... And you will not, I'll just read this one. You will not remember whether your lamp needs a bayonet or a screw and bulb. I mean, so annoying. I just. That is the worst article on the internet. <laughs> it's so bad. BuzzFeed. This is like, this should be on the top 20 worst BuzzFeed articles ever. Uh, anyway, the Milwaukee bullpen is very annoying by or sell. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, very annoying. As somebody who ha- oddly has a couple of different leagues where I don't have good closers at all i kind of enjoy it it's an opportunity <laughs> to grab somebody and steal a save one week <laughs> right but but like what do you even do at this point so two days ago it was uh it was a two-out save for hater, for hater. and Josh yesterday hater. a two-out save for barnes well, i think hater got consecutive multi-inning yep. saves right yeah yes and then yesterday barnes got the two-inning save albers i keep pitch. saying two out i keep saying two out i meant to say yeah, two, two inning. inning. I'm much sorry. more impressive two yeah. innings than yeah. two my, outs. my bad keep saying that. yeah did albers yesterday. did get a two-out save one i think like i think you could make an argument for owning all three of those guys it, but hater is the one that's really interesting because i expect he's going to throw four to six innings per week just in like three two inning spurts, maybe mm-hmm. maybe three one really bad week. He's going to give you a ton of K's, good ratios, and if he just gives you one save or win a week, he's startable in all formats. Yeah, prior to yesterday, I think he was top twelve in strikeouts, even though he's a relief pitcher. So I, there's no excuse not to own Hater in a categories league now, but like if he's not getting consistent saves, he's just not that valuable in, in points. Sure. But you need, you it, need a full-time closer it, to matter there. Let's just say hypothetically he's throwing five innings a week and striking out seven batters. And on most weeks he has good ratios. I mean, the ratios don't matter as much. He's not giving up a lot of hits and walks. If he gets one save or win a week, I think he's going to be top 20 amongst relievers in points. That's a big if. And eventually Net Knebel's going to be back, so. That's also true. Yes. It's not a long-term answer, but I think he's startable in points right now. Oh, man. I wouldn't want to have to start a guy who I didn't know he was going to get saved. But so, so obviously, Hater's your favorite. Are Albers and Barnes droppable? It depends. <laughs> it depends what the the waiver wire looks like in your league. If if yeah, I guess so. You know, if it's if if there are no saves to be found on waivers, then neither of them are droppable. But you know, if you can find a closer every week, then yeah, let him go. You're not. <laughs> They're not, they're not going to narrow this down anytime soon, I don't think. All right, buy or sell. Jose Barrios is an ace, baby. Buy it, baby. He is doing, so far, pretty much everything that I would hope he would do and more. He's been a little bit fortunate. He's not going to be quite this good all year long, obviously. That, that goes without saying, probably. But he's getting enough swinging strikes. He's throwing his curveball more. He's pitching, most importantly, pitching deep into games this Looks like a 200 inning plus starting pitcher. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's been great. Sorry, Brios, uh, 29 strikeouts and 27 and two thirds with only one walk and a .50 whip. And I know the swinging strikes are a little inconsistent for him, but more than a strikeout per inning. So what do you think, Scott? Is Jose Brios an ace? Buy or sell? I mean, I sell that he's an ace. My, my worst fears obviously haven't been realized here and I'm pretty confident they won't be, but yeah, I'd still like to see more swinging strikes to buy that strikeout rate fully. Okay. Jose Barrios or Robbie Ray in a points league rest of season. Still going to take Ray. Still like Ray more. Heath? I'm going Barrios. Barrios? Would you rather have Barrios or you, Darvish? Uh, I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on you either, Heath. I appreciate that. 
Uh, all right then. That's our buy or sell for today. I have not checked the results of my draft on the draft app. Let's see how I did. Going to assume I lost because that's just kind of what I do these days. First of all, only one out of five wins. I lost. Let's see where I came. I came in fifth out of five. I had Robbie Ray, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, who gave me a big zero, Mookie Betts, and Bryce Harper. On most days, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Bryce Harper would be pretty good. But I drafted them, so they didn't do that well. And I'm still coming back for more today. So get ready, baby, because I'm coming for you on the draft app. And the draft app is awesome. Or you can go to draft.com, by the way. You get to play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. You get to do it all the time. You get to do it as many times as you want every single day for $1 or more. You can win some cold hard cash and get paid out the next day. Please follow me, Big Kane 2. I'm running daily contests, except uh, not necessarily on weekends, but sometimes. Uh, Big Kane 2. We play for one buck. And use the promo code FB today on the draft app. Uh, and you will get a free entry into a real money baseball draft. You can try it for free. Make your first deposit and use the promo code FB today. Look, I love it. It's really, really fun. Uh, you're not doing salary cap stuff. You're doing drafts. You're the only person in your contest that's going to own a player. You gotta do a little bit of research. You don't have to. The projections are there for you, but it helps to do a little bit of research, which isn't hard. You can listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast, by the way, for some help. And again, download the draft app and use that promo code FB today. All right, we got a lot of news and notes. Frederick Freeman was hit on the hand. He broke his hand last year and missed a lot of time. They don't seem as concerned this time, but we will wait and see what the uh, what the diagnosis is. You see what I'm wearing today, Adam? No, I can't see. Is a Freeman shirtsy? Oh yeah, it's a Freeman shirtsy. It sure is. That's what it is. It's either it's either in mourning or support. I have a feeling by the time most people listen to this podcast, we'll know either way. <laughs> I I think it's going to be fine, though. They just signed Jose Bautista, so if he misses some time, they've got another elite hitter ready to come play first base. Yeah, that elite hitter they signed to a minor league deal. Yeah, right. that's how it works. Don't don't go rushing to pick up Jose Bautista, who is they hope to bring him up to play third base. But uh, but all right, let's just say you need a Freeman replacement. And by the way, this if he misses a significant chunk, this will be three out of four years. Where he's playing like less than 120 games. Yeah. It, but that's, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Uh, we've got, let's start in shallower leagues. Justin Bohr, Albert Pujols, Yuli Gurriel. That, those three are owned in about 70% of leagues. Bohr, Pujols, Gurriel. Who's your favorite? Well, not Pujols. Yeah. Uh, Bohr's probably my favorite, unless you specifically need batting average help, which you may if Freeman's the one you lost. And that would be Guriel for the batting average. Yeah. All right, Heath, let's yeah, take a look I'll at the Boer. next group. Uh, Boer also. Heath, uh, 50% owned to like 40% owned. Brandon Belt, Chris Davis, Logan Morrison, Colin Moran. Yuck. Belt, That's Davis, Morrison, Moran. Really a gross group of hitters. Um, I, I guess I'll say Belt. I don't feel great about it and i'm hoping i have like i i need a different option definitely belt in the points league he's he's kind of underrated there yeah uh i actually think colin moran might surprise some people this year he makes such frequent contact like he could be basically yuli guriel i think okay uh and a little bit deeper that's colin moran scott was talking about there a little bit deeper in the first base uh First base group, less than 30% owned. Neil Walker, Joe Maurer, Luis Valbuena, Lucas Duda, Tyler Austin, Brendan McKay, Dan Vogelbach. Ew, 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 gross, gross, gross. I'd oh, be Ryan McMahon. Okay. Ryan McMahon, too. In, in a deeper league, I'd be pretty okay with Maurer or Duda as my replacement. What about Walker? Off, yeah, I was thinking, start. I was thinking about him. Um, and I know he, talked about how Yankee Stadium would be good for him. Obviously, that hasn't manifested yet, but he's still getting the playing time. So uh, there's still some hope there. Um, that would probably be my first choice in Roto. Mauer would be my first choice in points of I, that group. I just want to point out, Mike Mustak is having a pretty good year. And good. he's, yeah, very good. He's basically, off the top of my head, I think the only one I can think of that missed a big chunk of spring training and is doing well. But Greg Holland is not. Neil Walker is not. Luke Logan Morrison is not. And not only are they not doing well, I mean, they're doing horribly. 
And then Jake Arietta, I think probably the jury's still out. But am I forgetting anybody? The guys who got late starts to spring, spring training are really struggling. Alex Cobb. Oh yeah, terrible. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe you cut a guy like Neil Walker who we were a little excited about as a middle infield option. Maybe you cut him some slack. You know, just saying. Just throwing that out there. I mean, he plays for the Yankees. <laughs> he plays for the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. You, you called him a sleeper before the season started. Yeah, I, he's still sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave Roberts said he's sticking with Kenley Jansen. He says that Jansen's cutter isn't doing what it typically does. Basically, Jan- yeah, basically, uh, those those pitches are pretty straight right now. Matt Snyder wrote an article about it, and he mentioned that Jansen had a very unusual spring training. For one thing, he had a hamstring injury, and two, the Dodgers limited his workload because he was coming off that big World Series run. So, spring training sometimes it matters, just in terms of getting a routine down, and that could be affecting Jansen. Uh, Ryan Braun sat with a calf injury. So Braun has went on the DL twice with a calf injury last year. Would this make you think twice about dropping Domingo Santana? Ooh, I wanna not drop you. Yeah. But yeah. keep you. Um, other than the power, he's kind of back on track, right? Still striking out a lot, I guess, but he's been walking a lot. Batting average looks decent. I don't know. I don't think there's anything to be worried about with Santana other than his playing time, but I never did. Um, and I believe, um, let me verify this. Yes, this is correct. Domingo Santana leads Brewers outfielders in plate appearances. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's a little deceiving, but because he has more plate appearances than all of them, they've, they've, all been hurt. Hurt. they've all been hurt. They've, they've all been hurt throughout their career. Okay. Yeah. Except yeah. No, Yel- I, not Yelich. Not Yelich. Right. But I agree. Like that's why I, I didn't think. He was going a little high, uh, you know, in dress, but not super high because I didn't think that Kane or Braun would be able to stay healthy. And uh Braun, you know, he he really has it. Well, he sort of has, but this he's got a calf injury now. Okay, Carlos Gonzalez left with a hamstring injury. When you look at the Rockies, and I know David Dahl had been dealing with an illness in the minors, is everything going right for David Dahl to get called up and get playing time? Well, other than the illness, I think yesterday was the second day back. Not even sure if they had a game then, but uh, Wednesday was his first game. Uh, Tuesday was his first game back. So that was after like a week and a half off, and he needed to regain weight because it was a bad stomach bug. So I don't think – I'd be surprised if it happened right now. I mean, they could they could just stick Ian Desmond in the outfield and start playing Ryan McMahon. That's oh, a weird idea. They, yeah. they could bring Dahl up and sit him on the bench in McMahon's spot and then play McMahon. <laughs> No, I, I didn't mean right now. I, I just meant that nobody, Para, Desmond, McMahon, like nobody's doing that well. And they've only, they haven't played that many home games yet. Keep that in mind, but, you know, well, Dahl, yeah, from Dahl the, is from, from the first prospects report this year, David Dahl's been in my top five minor leaguers to stash. Right. And, uh, the last edition, I think he was fourth of that group. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody, five outfielder roto leagues, they're like, he shouldn't be available. He sure. needs to be on a roster somewhere. Okay, moving on. Uh, Josh Donaldson will not return on Saturday when he's first eligible. Rich Hill's on the DL with third-digit inflammation. That would be his middle finger. It is bruised. Uh, hopefully not too long not, for Rich Hill. That's such your, your middle finger. It's not your third finger, your third digit. That's an interesting way to put it. That's what they said. That's what they said. Not me. I, you think I would be like, oh, it's third-digit inflammation. <laughs> uh, Shohei Otani is expected to make his next start. Taiwan Walker will have Tommy John surgery. Matt Cook, yes, that's how it's pronounced, K-O-C-H, Matt Cook, will replace him in the Arizona rotation. Any interest in Matt Cook? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta signed Jose Bautista. Is there any league that you're in that you'd consider adding Jose Bautista? NL only. NL only for sure. I tried yeah. to. I don't think he's in the database yet. Byron Buxton is on the DL with Mike. Well, he got picked up in our 16-team for the People League. So Yes, he wouldn't be in the NL only because oh, he hasn't played in the NL. Right. NL only is only National League players? That's the Yeah, and you have to be on a National League team <laughs> to be in the NL only. I don't know if you've ever played in one, Adam. You've always turned us down for the NL only auction. That will continue going I, forward. I, yeah, I don't think I would. I wouldn't advise you to change your path. Yeah. Byron Buxton's on the DL <laughs> with migraines. Jeff Samarja could return on Friday. Delano DeShields is set for a rehab assignment. Daniel Murphy played in an extended spring training game. 
Uh, Anibal Sanchez is on the DL with a hamstring strain. Starling Marte has 11 walks with 13 strikeouts. Just thought I'd mention that. He is blowing away his career pace. His career high is 33 walks in a season. Marte already has 11. He did walk mm-hmm. 20 times in 77 games last year, so he was on pace for like 42 or something. But uh nice, encouraging plate discipline start for Marte. He's never had that. Nope. It'd be, it'd be a game changer if he keeps it up. Still yeah. early. And a, a couple of stolen base notes. Malik Smith, 35% owned. He stole his fourth base. I mentioned yesterday that he had been caught stealing twice uh, or three times. I was told by an emailer or a tweeter two of those times were attempting to steal home. So that uh, that is interesting. Malik Smith, 35% owned. And Andrew McCutcheon stole his third base in three attempts. attempts. That's nice to see. He has not stolen more than 11 bases in three straight seasons. Here's a fun note about Malik Smith. Last three starts were all against left-handed pitchers. So. Oh, nice. Clearly, uh, looks like an everyday player with Kiermaier out. Alright guys, who stood out to you on Wednesday? Heath Cummings. Uh, besides Jose Barrios? Besides Jose Barrios. I think because Chris isn't here, it should only be fair that I pick Ryan Zimmerman. Because I know he would want to make sure that we mentioned that, uh, batted ball data matters. Ryan Zimmerman continued hitting the ball hard on Wednesday and uh, got better results this time with a double dong. So yes. put Chris in first place in our dong chasers challenge. And Scott uh, didn't play yesterday, but his results remain the same. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about dong chasers real quick. Uh, it's something I never thought I'd say on a podcast. Ryan Zimmerman, by the way, hitting 161 with three homers now in 19 games. Uh, Dong Chasers is a contest that we do every day for the Sportsline DFS podcast, which is fun. You should listen to it. Uh, it we basically, we pick a player to hit a home run every day, and based on his DFS pricing, you get more points for the lower pricing, you know, so the worst player, basically. Uh, Mike McClure is our DFS Daily Fantasy Sports expert, and he picked Ryan Zimmerman yesterday as his Dong Chaser, and he double Dong, and you get a bonus for that. So that's huge. Yes, actually Chris Towers picked him. Oh, Chris did? Yes. Who did he, who did, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I Mike thought... picked David Peralta. You picked JD Martinez and caught a dong last night. I donged yesterday. Um, yes. Scott has not gotten one right yet. It is really oh, funny. Yeah. And he has played every day except for yesterday and he is over. <laughs> it's, yep. a, it's hilarious. It's hard to I pick Bryce than it Harper looks. every day he doesn't homer, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's it how it works. Uh, so please, that's a fun game and, um, listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast. But Ryan Zimmerman is 80% owned. What do you think about that ownership? It's too high. It's too high, and um, it's mostly because of playing time. He's a part-time player at this stage of his career. I guess maybe it shouldn't have been surprising when they signed Matt Adams to $4 million or whatever, but Zimmerman only plays two-thirds of the time. So performance becomes secondary at that point, and uh, performance has been slow. And I think it'll be get better, but it doesn't seem like they want him to be an everyday player. All right, Scott, give me a standout from yesterday's games, and then we'll do some trade talk, and then we'll talk about these awesome infielders who have been the uh, the toast of fantasy baseball. Standout? So so my notes I so diligently put together every morning are not with me for some he reason. He does so not I'm have the going, piece of paper. No, I can come up with a standout still. And my standout is going to be Yon Moncada, who for the second straight game homered and stole a base. Now it's... He's hitting the ball really well, but he's not hitting it very often. Has a 40% strikeout rate. Um, so what's something's going to give there? I'm thinking it's more likely than not the strikeout rate because 40% is ridiculous. Like 30% is really high, one of the worst in the league. So um, if he keeps making this quality of contact when he makes contact and the fact that he's running more than he's shown us in the majors before, mm-hmm. which is something we hoped for when he was in the minors, that he'd be a base stealer. Um, this could still end really well for Moncada. Yeah. In Roto Leagues, he needs to be owned head-to-head. Probably not just because there are a lot of second base options, but need to be keeping an eye on him. Moncada's 87% owned. He has now stolen a base in three straight games, which is beautiful. And was That's reading... more owned than I thought he was, frankly. Yeah, he had none before that. Uh, but... Reading on our website, his WOBA, his weighted on base, or no, 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 his expected WOBA, I think, is, okay, so whatever. WOBA's like, uh, it's an important stat, it's kind of like a tell-all of how a hitter's hitting. His expected exactly. WOBA, it's what? That was exactly a very good description of right? WOBA. Right, okay, thank you. 
His expected WOBA is much higher than his actual WOBA. Now, look, I, I mean, <laughs> make of that what you will, but based on the way he has been hitting the ball, Yoan Mankata should have better results. Expected WOBA is more of an indication based on the batted ball data of how you should be performing. WOBA is how your performance has actually been. Right. So he's underachieved based on his batted ball data, based on the way he's hitting the ball. Yoan Moncada thus far, and he's having a nice uh, little, little week. It just needs to hit, make contact more often. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, last night, how was uh, how was your dinner last night? How was your dinner? Awful. Awful. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was a bad, bad night for dinner at my house. I'm ashamed to say even what I ate for dinner. But that, it let, was me it. let me Fish hear it. Fish sticks? We didn't have, almost. <laughs> uh, we didn't really have any food and we got home really late and we just threw together whatever we could find. I had some, uh, chicken, frozen chicken tenders. Oh, uh, yeah, that sucks. And potato chips. Oh, well, let me make you, <laughs> let me make you jealous. Let me make you jealous. Last night I cooked it took about 35 minutes. I made a little spaghetti with some shrimp, some chopped garlic, oregano, tomato sauce, uh, some scallions, some scallions. Um, it, it was delicious. And of course, it was Blue Apron. I didn't even have to leave the house. I didn't have to go to the grocery store. It was quick. It was fine. I love cooking now. I've really gotten so into cooking thanks to Blue Apron. I want all of you to try Blue Apron, okay, and get some uh, get a nice little discount here if you go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Thirty bucks off if you go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. That is one heck of a deal. Now Blue Apron delivers you three meals per week right to your door. It's the leading meal kit delivery service in the US. You're not just making meals, you're you're making blue apron meals. You're making instead of burgers, you're making short rib burgers with a hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. You're getting seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots all in under 45 minutes without a trip to the grocery store. It's it's amazing stuff. I absolutely love cooking. I love Blue Apron, and I want you all to try it with me. Go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. By the way, less than $10 per person per meal. You go out to dinner one night, you are paying more than you will pay for an entire week of, of Blue Apron delivery, basically. Uh, and for 30 bucks off, you go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. One more time, everybody, go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. That's Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay. Some awesome infielders. We talked about Yoan Moncada, Scott the segment stealer. But let's talk about these other guys. Tell me who you're buying. Dansby Swanson. He's batting 358 with two home runs. Jed Lowry. He is the number one second baseman in fantasy. Jed Lowry leads baseball with 21 RBIs after three more last night. Uh, Yoan Moncada. Tim Anderson, number 11 shortstop in points, number four in roto. Tim Anderson has two extra base hits since opening day. That's not good. He's batting 182 in his last nine games. That's not good. But he has eight steals and eight attempts. That's good. <laughs> Javier Baez. Uh, has been amazing. He didn't play yesterday, but he homered the day before, and he's batting 235, which is low for him, and uh, or for most people too. Five homers for Baez. Jan Hervis Salarte, woo! He's been very good lately. And DJ Lemayhu has five home runs all on the road, and he's batting 308. A lot of names: Swanson, Lowry. We can separate. Let's cut it into two little portions here. Portion number one: Swanson, Lowry, Moncada. Tim Anderson, who do you buy? Swanson portion sounds like what Heath had last for dinner <laughs> yeah. last night, right? I, I wish. Yeah, I wish. Um, I microwaved them. <laughs> oh gosh, that's even worse. <laughs> uh, mushy breadcrumbs. Uh, okay, so Swanson, Lowry, and who was the third one? There were four. Mokata and Anderson. I pay attention to him. Thank you. So the ones I'm buying least are Swanson and Lowry, and. Particularly Lowry, I, I buy that they're going to be better than we gave them credit for on draft day, but nothing, not enough has changed in either of those players' batted ball profile to um, to back up what they're doing now. Uh, Lowry's actually hitting fewer fly balls, so the fact he has six home runs already is super strange. Would you like to hear Jed Lowry's home run to fly ball ratio? Sure. It is 24%. Last year it was, or his previous career high is 11.4%. Last year it was like 6% or something. Yeah. So yes, crazy. So that sums it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, he was, 
He was top 12 technically in head-to-head points last year, right? Because of all yes. the doubles. He was 11th in points. He was like 21 in roto. Yeah. yeah. 10th in points. So, 21 roto. You know, so yeah, I, he 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 was a borderline player in, in both of those formats last year, considering you're starting more hitters in roto. Um, and we just didn't give him the time of day on draft day. He deserved better than that. I agree with that completely. I I think Jed Lowry is going to be better than Dansby Swanson, so I don't wouldn't say that I buy Swanson more than I buy Lowry. Um, Lowry's at least hitting the ball really hard. He's got a 41% hard contact rate. Swanson's still at 25%. I don't see anything in what Dansby Swanson's doing to tell me that he's really that much different than last year. Uh, okay, so Swanson, Lowry, how about this? Swanson, Lowry, Moncada, Tim Anderson. Who's got the best chance? Eh, it's clearly gonna be Moncada, Moncada, I guess. <laughs> who do, who do you think's gonna be the best rest of season between Swanson, Lowry, Moncada, and Anderson? I think Tim Anderson is basically must start in Roto now, despite, despite some of the issues with the bat there, just because those elite steel guys are so scarce. And I mean, he has enough of a track record as a hitter, you know, providing some power, um, you know, hitting 250, 260 that I don't, like, I don't really worry about the bat. There's limited upside to the bat, but with the, as aggressive as he's been on the bases, he's must start. He is definitely must start in Roto. I think, like, Jed Lowry has the highest floor in points out of this group. Mankata clearly has the highest ceiling. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, next group of infielders here. Javi Baez, Jan Hervis Salarte, and DJ LeMahieu. Baez, Salarte, LeMahieu. You can't really pick these guys up. Maybe Salarte is 84% owned. But, uh, Heath, what are you thinking about these three? I don't buy the five home runs on the road from DJ LeMayhew in the sense that he's going to hit 30 this year or something, but I definitely buy him as a 300 hitter. I definitely buy him as a top 10 second baseman. He's, in my opinion, in a different class than the other two in this group. Do you buy DJ LeMayhew as a 20 home run guy? He's never hit more than 11. No. I mean, he's a fourth of the way there, so it's going to be easier. Yeah, but he's still got to hit his career high rest of the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll say 15 is my guess. Um, I mean, look, a- Andrews did it last year, right? Um, this is the home run era, and he hasn't homered at home yet. Yeah, I don't know, Scott. I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'm just making the case. I'm not saying I think he will, but LeMay I'm going to make I'm going to make a case for both. But well, I mean, Solarte, if he's playing, if he has a job, which he does now with Josh Donaldson on the DL, like he needs to be universally owned and probably started. It makes consistent contact uh draws walks and has more power than i think people realize he's doing great and needs to keep starting but javier baez only 25 years old like there are some signs this may be a legitimate breakout for javi baez uh fly ball rate is highest it's ever been uh line drive rate is up too hard contact rate is up strikeout rate is down walk rate is up like everything that you could get excited about for a hitter. We're seeing for Javi Baez, a guy who once had a 37 homer season in the minors. Yeah, right. And I think he, it seems like he's playing all the time. Baez. I'll double check. Uh, on if that. he hasn't been, he should be. And I think they'll eventually realize that if this is a true breakout. Yeah. He's played 15 games. Cubs have probably played what? Six, 17. Yeah. Well, no, they've played 15. They, they, oh. they get rained out all the time. They get rained out every day. They've played 15. He's only been out of the starting lineup twice. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, uh, one of that, the, the, and he started, uh, seven straight games? Six straight games. Alright, Javi Baez, looking good there. I, somebody, somebody traded for Solarte in one of my leagues yesterday. Didn't really get a great return, but I, I, like, I wanna say sell high, I, if, depending on what you can get, but this guy, was a victim of Petco, you know? Solarte, he's in a much better park now. He usually had better road numbers when he was with San Diego. I know Heath, you've been pretty high on him in the past. He had seemed to always get better. Last year was a bad year for Solarte, but it's just a much better situation. Yeah, I would like to get excited about him again, but I don't really think that I can. I think there are too many concerns about if everybody's healthy and he goes bad for a week, does he have a job? Um, and there's not really like the batted ball data doesn't look very good at all. His average exit velocity this year is under 86 miles per hour. 
The major league average is 88.9. His hard contact rate is lower than normal. So I'm just not, I have a hard time getting excited. I still think when he's playing every day, he should generally be started in a points league, but yeah. Triple eligibility helps a lot too. It does help. Especially obviously shortstop. Well, is Drupal Cabrera or Jan Herbert Salarte then? Salarte. As Drupal. Okay. All right, let's do some trade talk here. Give me one of each. A buy low, a sell high, a buy high, and someone you're actually worried about. Heath, give me a buy low. Can I, like, I feel like it's cheating a little bit to give the guy that I gave last week. It is cheating. As a buy low, but he is still a buy low. He is. So I just want to say that you should still buy low on Jose Ramirez. Uh, That's not who you gave last week. I thought you gave Carlos Santana last week. Well, fair. Yeah. There we go then. You Jose Ramirez. Many. Yeah, I think I talked about Jose Ramirez as well, but like this can't last. He's got a 151 BABIP. He's walked three times as often as he's struck out. Jose Ramirez is good. He's doing good things right now. It's going to get better results. Okay, Scott, buy low. One of one of mine's a repeat from last week, <laughs> but not this one. Danny Duffy is my buy low because I don't feel like. Uh, I don't feel like the results have been loud enough to um, convince his owner that, oh, he's back. But what I've seen from Danny Duffy is velocity's gone up a little every start. The results have gotten better every start. He avoided in this most recent start Tuesday the first inning issues that are, are really what were the cause of all his problems. The first three starts just did not have any control in the first inning. Seemed to get over that hurdle this last start. Uh, and I think he's still an asset. Supporting cast is going to hurt him, but I think he'll he'll at least perform like a number three, number four pitcher in fantasy uh, apart from win-loss record, and it's worth buying. All right, Jose Ramirez and Danny Duffy. Would you guys want to buy low on Corey Seager, or are you concerned at all about Seager? Some people are getting a little nervous about him. i definitely buy low on Corey Seager. I still think he's going to be a top-five shortstop. Yep. Sell high, Heath Cummings. Who are we selling high on? I'm going to say Sean Manaya. He is a pitcher that I feel like we've always uh, prescribed more upside to than he's really given us reason for. And he's off to a very good start to this season in terms of ERA. But he's not striking anybody out. The control's been a lot better. That's great. There's not very much sustainable at all in what he's doing. He's got a 4.08. BIP, his bad BIP against is 169, and he's yet to allow a runner that got on base to score against him. A 100% strand rate. Wow. Okay. Sean Manaya, uh, is he sell high? Scott White, sell high. All right. This is the repeat, but it's topical. Eric Thames. Yes. Another two home runs in two straight games. Home run two straight games, right? Yep. And he's has a 9.95 OPS, seven home runs already. Um, doing. Doing the same sort of stunt we saw in April last year when we all got excited and bought high on him, and then he pulled the rug out from under us. But here's the thing. His BABIP is 167, which you may view as a good thing, except his line drive rate. Like, it, it makes sense when you look at the other batted ball stats. Line drive rate of 13.5. Uh Pull percentage of 65%, so he's very easy to defend against. But the biggest problem for me, other than the track record for Thames, other than some of the underlying batted ball issues, he's starting, he's getting the Zimmerman treatment. He's starting two of every three games, and it's not a lefty-righty thing. They're just not starting him a third of the time. And obviously there's that log jam with, um, uh, with Santana and Braun and, uh, Aguilar. And pretty soon Yelich is going to be back. Yelich like is I back. don't, I don't know that that's Yelich is back. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to change. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm surprised it's not just a lefty-righty thing, but I don't expect many at bats against lefties, and I don't expect them to be very good against lefties. Eric Thames. Also, I want to read something that the Associated Press wrote yesterday, which was surprising. I read the Associated Press recap of every game every day, and I've never, I, I don't recall seeing this word. The headline is Yelich makes snazzy grab in return from DL. And then it says, Christian Yelich quickly made an impact in his return from the disabled list. The Milwaukee center fielder made a snazzy sliding catch. It was very, I just, I'm surprised. Snazzy. Yeah, I, I don't usually see that. Snazzy. So, 
Good job, AP. Way to make it interesting. Sean Manaya. Yeah, I'm sorry. An SEO Sh- word. SEO? I, do people really search for snazzy? I don't think so. No. I, I said I can't imagine. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Sean Manaya and Eric Thames are sell high. Jose Ramirez and Danny Duffy are buy low. Also, we'll buy low on Corey Seager. Um, I didn't really do anything to participate in this exercise, but I'm wondering how you feel about Shohei Otani. Is he a buy? Is he a sell? Is he a hold? What do you think? I think he's a, I think he's a buy. I don't. I mean, this is a good time to buy him, actually. What What has he given you on a week-to-week basis? Uh, a really good start. He gave you the first week. He gave you one start was a quality start, three runs, six innings, yeah. a lot of strikeouts. Uh, the second week he gave you a phenomenal start, one of the yeah. best pitchers in baseball. The yeah. third week he gave you a zero because it got rained out and the start got pushed back one day. Mm-hmm. The next week he gave you a terrible performance because of a blister. Yep. And now he has a blister, and the perception of him is still sky high. I I would sell. Okay. Uh, all right, so different uh, different takes there, and you know he's not going to pitch more than once a week for the most part. Uh, who are you buying high on? Legit performance so far, you'll buy it. Scott, you can go first. Okay, I'm trying to remember who I had here. I had a name. Uh, maybe Heath should go first. Heath, why don't you go? Jose first? Jose Brios. Like, and it's just totally confirmation bias and making me feel good about myself. But he's doing everything I hoped he would. You know. Who ah. he- you know who you should sell high on, Heath? Is Johnny Cueto. I thought you might say that. <laughs> I'm just glad that I didn't sell high on him quite yet. Got that, uh, cause now he looks like a strikeout pitcher too. It looks like maybe he's just an ace again. Mm-hmm. I would feel really nervous if I had sold on Cueto before this most recent start. I, hey, you're gonna feel that way when you, when you see Adam Eaton come off the DL tomorrow. You know, I sat Johnny Cueto in a 15 team league this week. Wow. I started him in a 10 team league, but I sat him in a 15 team league. <laughs> Wow. I know what that says about that. You know what it was? Like, I didn't want to drop anybody, and so I could, in that particular uh, league, so I was just like, I'll keep him on the DL another week and hope I don't miss out on anything too great. And obviously I did. So, Scott, uh, who are you, who are you buying high? Uh, I'm buying high on Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He is sliderific, swinging strike central. And he looks like he could be a top 20 pitcher, maybe top 15 this year. Maybe, you, know, you remember my bold prediction from the preseason? Three Diamondbacks pitchers finish in the top five in El Cy Young voting. Did not peg Corbin as one of the pitchers, but it may well happen. You know, I, I think Chris ranked three pitchers yesterday. I think he went Tanaka, Corbin, Cueto. I think that's what he – I hope I got that right because I don't want to misquote him. Um, how would you guys rank Tanaka, Corbin, Cueto? I think I'd go Corbin number one. I would go Cueto number one. Wow. Okay, so nobody's – no consensus there. None at all. Uh, we each have a different number one. Well, assuming I'm right about Chris, I think I am. Uh, but I do know that all three of you would have SeatGeek as your number one ticket app. And Mike from Milwaukee is one of our listeners, and he emailed us. He was sitting behind home plate two days ago or three days ago for the Brewers game, and he said it was thanks to SeatGeek. And it warms my heart, people, when you all go and you use the SeatGeek app. And it warms your wallet's heart when you use the SeatGeek app and you use the promo code FANTASY because that will save you 20 bucks on your first ticket purchase. Now, the last time I used the SeatGeek app was just a few weeks ago. Went to the Yankees game. They played the Orioles. We lost, but whatever. I had a great time and got a great deal thanks to SeatGeek. SeatGeek goes and saves you time, and it saves you money. You don't have to search multiple sites anymore. You can go to one place, SeatGeek or SeatGeek.com, and SeatGeek will search multiple sites, bring in all the tickets, and tell you which ones are great. They'll give you a color-coded map so you can see the best values, immediately identify the best values, and every ticket is fully guaranteed, every purchase fully guaranteed on the SeatGeek app. Download the app. Or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FANTASY. That promo code is FANTASY on the SeatGeek app. Get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Take advantage of it. Our listeners keep on doing it. It's good stuff. Let me know when you do. If you forget the promo code, you can always tweet me. Finally, guys, someone you're actually worried about. Here's somebody I'm actually worried about, Adam Azer. Scott, why why don't you go first? Oh, I'm trying to remember. No way. 
Really? I, oh, I got it. Okay. I got it. I remember. Megalito. Miguel Cabrera. Oh, yeah? Genuine concern for Miguel Cabrera because all of those exceptional batted ball tendencies we saw last year that made us say, oh, you know, maybe he, maybe he wasn't really so bad last year. Maybe he just had a lot of bad luck or whatever. Um, they're still there, and so are the results. So I am, you know, he's still making exceptionally hard contact, even last, hard, harder than last year. Line drive rate even higher than last year. Um, he's not getting many fly balls, so that hurts the power production. But the batting average isn't there either. So I'm, I'm concerned about it. I think, I think we may have seen legitimate decline last year, and I'm not looking to buy on him. Yeah, and he did homer yesterday, Miguel Cabrera. So we'll see what happens. I, I really think the Tigers are. Very interesting. They've had a lot of rainouts and a lot of cold weather or snowouts and a lot of cold weather games. I don't know, snowouts, rainouts, whatever. A lot of postponements and a lot of cold weather games. They've had batting practice disrupted. I was listening on one of the broadcasts. They just haven't had a very normal routine. And pretty much all of them are struggling. Candelario's heating up a little bit. Cabrera homered yesterday. So I'm, I want to give a little longer lease and not to say I'm not worried. And I'm sure we all want to give a little bit longer leash. They've right. only played 15 games. Yeah, it's not a drop situation. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, we, we shall see. We'll keep an eye on Detroit. Heath, who are you actually worried about? This is not all the way to concern yet, but I am actually a little bit worried about Luis Castillo. Not in the sense that I think he might be a drop or that I think that he might be bad this year, but I had him ranked as a top 30 starting pitcher for sure, and I think as a top 25 starting pitcher, and I am very concerned that he's going to be that. The Reds are just awful. He has not, at this point, been quite as good in a swinging strike way. He did have a lot of those in, put two of its four starts. So that's great. Three of the four. Three of the four. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm concerned that he's more of a up and down number three slash four starter than a number two slash three. All right. So let's recap. Buy low, Jose Ramirez and Danny Duffy and Corey Seager. Sell high, Sean Manaya, Eric Thames, and we're split on Shohei Otani, buy, buy or sell. Uh, buy high, Jose Barrios and Patrick Corbin, and we're worried about Miguel Cabrera and Luis Castillo. Now, there might not be consensus on all those guys, but those are the names that we gave you. I'm going to run through some deep league players here. They're owned in 25% of leagues or less. Should they be owned in more leagues? Teoscar Hernandez, Jamer Candelario, Ryan Flaherty, Max Muncy, and Chad Cool. I will say that uh, Teoscar Hernandez maybe deserves to be owned a little more than 24, Candelario more than 23, but not like none of those guys. I'm talking standard 12-team mixed league. Um, it'd have to be a five outfielder league for Teoscar Hernandez because you're still hoping. It's just a hope that he sticks around once everybody's healthy again. Right. Uh, he certainly deserves to with his production so far. A ton of extra base hits. Yeah, and he, but come, he finished strong last year, too. He came up mm-hmm. in September, Teoscar yeah. Hernandez. Yeah, and he's been a power speed guy in the minors. Um, Condelario, I feel like, needs to be owned anywhere where on-base percentage is, like in, in leagues where you use on-base percentage instead of batting average, he needs to be owned. Oh, okay. Well, that, and he's that, that probably appropriately owned. Oh, like, there's not that many of those. Most... Roto leagues, he's not he's not going to be owned in points leagues. They're not deep enough. Most yeah. Roto leagues, most are average. Sure. So I, Teoscar's the one guy that I would say is under-owned on this list, and it's not hugely under-owned. Okay. And then uh, the other guys are Flaherty, Muncy, and Cool. Yeah, whatever. Muncy played third base for the Dodgers and homered yesterday. I uh, wanted to do a prospects report, but maybe that's something you guys can save for tomorrow. There aren't that many games on the schedule tonight. But still no concrete timetable for Ronald Acuna. We know that Willie Calhoun is angry. He wants to get called up. Oh, Tyler O'Neill. I cannot believe it. I am very sorry. Tyler O'Neill. I should have mentioned this much, much earlier. Cardinals are expected to call up Tyler O'Neill. Tommy Pham injured his groin. They don't know the severity there. Um, how, how urgent is adding Tyler O'Neill? I mean, obviously Pham has to go on the DL for him to have any value because that outfield is... They have three fixtures out there. Uh, but if Pham does go on the DL, there's there's a lot of raw power here. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it would have to be a five outfielder league if it's going to be a mixed league at all. I think it could be similar to like what we hope to see from Randall Grichik, uh, that obviously hasn't panned out this year, but that, that's kind of what I feel like the, 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 the comp is for O'Neill. When you asked how urgent, I was thinking in terms of fab and I, I'm not spending in a standard league, even if it's five outfielders, I'm not spending hardly anything to Adam because I think it's a short-term thing and it's still a big maybe whether he even has any value. All right, mm-hmm. Tyler O'Neill. Well, now I feel less bad about not breaking him up earlier. Uh, six-man rotation here. Tell me uh, who, who stood out. Cole Hamels was pitching pretty well, five scoreless innings, and then he ended up with six and a third, four runs at Tampa Bay. But he has gotten the walks under control, only two walks, I think, over his last three starts, something like that. Of course, you know. You go four four walks in his last three starts. Yeah, he had he was kind of up and down with that last year. Uh, Kenta Maeda struck out ten Padres in five and two thirds. Carlos Carrasco seven scoreless with seven strikeouts at Minnesota. He's been really good since a bad opening start. Carlos Carrasco. Garrett Cole only five strikeouts. What a bum! But another <laughs> great outing with no earned runs in seven innings, one unearned run. He's got a point nine six ERA. Robbie Ray. Pretty solid. Two runs, three walks, nine strikeouts, and six innings. And Tanner Roark was good at the Mets. Seven innings, two runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Hamels, Maeda, Carrasco, Cole, Ray, Roark. Obviously, uh, they're not all in the same tier, but they are all, all owned in 92% of leagues or more. Anything that really jumped out of you guys? Uh, the demise of Carlos Carrasco as an ace was greatly exaggerated. Still doesn't seem like he's throwing all that hard. Did anybody check? He he's not. Uh, his this most recent start wasn't any better than he has been. So we're talking. He's down a more than a mile per hour from last year. And as though three of his starts have been awesome, strikeouts are way down. So I'm I'm still a little concerned about Carlos Carrasco, to be honest. I don't know. Just given the scarcity of pitchers who can be as good as Carlos Carrasco is presumed to be, I don't know in what scenario I'm trading him, really. It would have to be, like, I would have to get another pitcher uh, that I believed was of that caliber, like maybe a U Darvish and something else back for Carlos Carrasco. You could probably trade him for Corbin. Yeah, but I don't, like, that's, yeah, that's that's too much of a leap on Corbin, I think, to go ahead and make that swap. I wonder if Carrasco's velocity down is because he... Is pitching from the stretch, right? Then he scrapped the windup. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see that. I didn't see that, but I, I would be really surprised if that's it. Okay, I thought he did. Um, I was watching the game last night. I thought, and I saw oh, he's in the stretch. Well, we can look that up. Okay, fringy starting pitchers. Who are your faves? Kevin Gossman, seventy-five percent owned. Gosman. I never know if it's Goss or Goss. Kevin G-Man, Zach Davies, Stephen Matz. Jake Faria, 51% owned Jake Faria. Vince hmm. Velasquez, Tyler Skaggs, Ian Kennedy, Mike Leake, Chris Stratton. A lot of pitchers yesterday that are worth talking about. Chris Stratton, Tyler Malley, Brandon McCarthy. Let's cut this into two segments. All right, so the uh, more owned fringy starting pitchers, Gosman, Davies, Mats, Fr- uh, Skaggs, Faria, and Kennedy. Who do you like there? <laughs> I know. You really cut, cut that down. I'm I, glad I, we... Don't have to think of so many names at once. I like Gosman, Faria, and Skaggs in that order. And I don't, don't really care for any of the others in that range. Um, Gosman could still stand to use his splitter more. He hasn't gotten a lot of swinging strikes, but he's using it at least a decent amount and the results are okay. I think it's going to get better. I feel bad that people, so many people jump ship on Faria early because it seemed like um, it was bad. I, I get that, but it seemed like a correctable thing that has now been corrected. Yeah, I'm. I would put Velasquez in that same group, but I'm not excited. I don't think any of these starting pitchers make my top fifty. Um, and I'm not sure. Like Gosman is right around sixty, probably. He's still probably the best. The Faria thing. I think we're going to be really careful with performances against the Texas Rangers yeah, over I the agree. next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Their lineup is like if. I am fairly certain that most people can't name more than six hitters in their lineup. <laughs> I'm not sure, Adam, that you can name more than six hitters I in their can't lineup pronounce their, I can't pronounce their shortstop's name. Um, yeah, so that would, that would make it difficult. But I, I, can, uh, I think I can, but I won't. Um, I mean, I would name six players. Is Faria a fly ball pitcher? Because I, I think he really benefited from his ballpark yesterday. 
And he's at Boston and at Baltimore next week. A two-star week. I'm not sure I can trust Faria, even after two really good starts. I want to own well, him. I want to own I mean, him. I don't know that I want to start him. What was wrong for Faria at the beginning was he was just walking everybody. And now he's walking nobody. And good Faria walks nobody. So I don't, like, I'm not as worried about just him getting hit hard as maybe it sounds like you guys seem to be. I'm worried about anybody getting hit hard against Boston. Well, right That's now fair. he's 50% fly ball rate. But last, which is like crazy hype. But last year, forty percent. So maybe that'll normalize. Like yeah, yesterday, I mean, he's, he's he's on the fly ball side either way. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little nervous about him at Baltimore and at Boston. Like I said, really want to own, but don't know that I want to start in a two start week in a roto league at least. Tyler Skaggs, there's no. I was not the least bit surprised that Skaggs was bad yesterday. Didn't start him in any of the leagues I own him in. I'm not starting him next week. Tyler Skaggs is at Houston and home against the Yankees. So you should wait for somebody to. Drop Tyler Skaggs if he struggles next week, and then you might want to pick him up. I just don't think he's the kind of guy that we're starting against the best offenses in baseball, and he is going to start three times in a row against arguably the best offenses in baseball. Skaggs, Boston last night, at Houston, then the Yankees. So, you know, these are mostly matchup guys. In fact, probably exclusively matchup guys. Yeah, Skaggs is an, an end of the rotation. They're mostly end of the rotation arms, hopefully, if you have a good starting pitching rotation. Right. And then uh, Mike Leake, Tyler Malley, Vince Velasquez, Chris Stratton, Brandon McCarthy. Who do you like? Yeah, Velasquez is my favorite, and I'd put Mike Leake up towards the top as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know there are a lot of Chris Stratton believers out there. I'm not among them. I don't know where, when he does have a good strikeout performance like he had last night, where it comes from. Because it doesn't seem like he has a swing and miss pitch. Brandon McCarthy, I feel like, is just kind of all around solid when he's healthy <laughs> and has been for a few years. He's just so rarely been healthy. So he would probably be, I, I think I'd put him second on my list behind Velasquez. Yeah, McCarthy had a 287 ERA in his first 12 starts last year. Then he went on the DL for, for briefly with a uh, blister. Oh, I don't know what he went on the DL with the first time. And then two more starts, very good. And then he started struggling. Then he went on the DL again. And then he came back as a reliever. Uh, he did have a blister at some point last year, Brandon McCarthy. But he's 34% owned. I thought about picking him up. I was going to drop. I was thinking about dropping Mike Miner for him. I decided not to. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I recently had to drop McCarthy in a 15-team league. Actually, my Tower Wars league. Um, but I it, wish I didn't have to. Like, I'd, I'd like to have him in that format still. Let's finish with some emails. Um, from Michael. Is it crazy to think that Didi Gregorius is the best left-handed hitter in the American League? There aren't many good lefties in the AL. Cano, Moose, Gallo, Olsen, not much. Wow. <laughs> Are we this forgetting is, this anyone? Is, this is where we've gotten to, that we're asking if Didi Gregorius is the best left-handed hitter in the American League. Name a better name a better left-handed hitter. I can't think of one. Yeah, this is, this is a high-pressure uh, exercise here. Trying to do it off the top of the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I will do it definitely before the end of the uh, show. Is Mike Moustakis a better hitter than Didi Gregorius? Yeah. Uh, I think they're pretty close. <laughs> he might, he, Didi Gregorius might be the best left-handed hitter. Robinson Cano is still a better hitter. Uh, is he? Uh, he might, he yeah. might be. He might yeah, be. I, he is. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no to that. Rafael Devers is a better hitter. Uh, Hypothetically, maybe. Maybe. there's definitely an argument to make for DD. Andrew Benintendi's a better hitter. Again, I maybe uh, I, I don't know that maybe. He, he hasn't been but a better hitter. Th- these things are all established facts. Uh, th- no, absolutely not. not. Absolutely they're not. not. Talk about buy high. DD Gregorius is buy high. Uh, you, John in St. Louis. Oh, wow, this is a good question. Why don't you guys use this one tomorrow? This is a question about young shortstops, short term, and dynasty. I'm gonna. You guys, I'm not in tomorrow, so you guys are gonna read that. Uh, Kevin wants to know, Ronaldo Lopez or Tyler Skaggs? I will go Ronaldo. Yeah, Lopez. Yeah. Mark says, hey, Riggins, Smash, Sarasen, and QB1. That's Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. 10-team, 30-player Dynasty League. Cole Hamels was dropped. 10-team, 30-player Dynasty League. Is he a must-own in this format? Cole Hamels. Yeah, 300 players rostered. Uh, well, it's since it's Dynasty, it's hard to know how many of those are prospects. Uh, Mustone might be a little strong, but I I imagine 
somebody in your league has a worse player on his roster than Cole Hamels. That's the thing. He's not necessarily a must-own for every team. He's not necessarily a must-add, but somebody needs him. Tony in Denver says, Dear Gwyn, Clark, and Pena. Oh, he likes Tony's. I don't think anyone in my league listens to your show. If they did, they probably wouldn't make such ridiculous moves all the time. I think an ultimate Azer trade just took place on the buy low, sell high scale. Can you grade grade this trade or rank this trade on your trade chart? You Darvish for Hanley Ramirez. Is that so outlandish, guys? Is that an Azer trade? That is outlandish. That is both that an is a outrageous and an F. Yeah, all right, it's an Azer trade. Hanley for you. So he, so that means Hanley I Ramirez. You, I heard you've been trying to acquire Mike Rude. Trout. In uh, in your in one of your leagues. Yeah, what did I offer? I offered um, Springer, like Springer and Darvish or something for Trout in a thirteen team roto league. That was not what I heard that you offered, but it was. <laughs> Jamie is such a damn liar. Like Jamie is out there sullying my good name. It is ridiculous. <laughs> a Springer Darvish sounds like a pretty good offer for Trout. Yeah, I don't think. That's I mean, what maybe it, was. it wasn't. I'll t- you know what? We're, we're going. Just give me one second, and I will tell you exactly what I offered. And I was told, no, cannot trade Trout. Um, I offered definitely not Springer and <laughs> What was it? Chris Sale and either Will Myers or Michael Conforto. Also not that bad. Yeah, it's not going to get it done, though. Okay, but that's really it's, like— It's a reasonable offer. Yeah, in a I mean, roto league. Like another first-round player plus, you know, a top seven-round player. Damn you, Jamie. Jamie is su- a name sullier. All right, we're out of here. Talk to you tomorrow. Actually, it'll be uh, I'll talk to you on Monday, but it'll be Heath, Chris, and Scott tomorrow rocking your fantasy baseball world. See you.